Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Well, this morning, we are going to jump into God's Word, and I want to ask you whether you have been away on holidays somewhere in this last month or so. Quick show of hands. Who's been away on a summer holiday so far this summer? Maybe in the chat, uh, if you're online, you're still on summer holidays, let us know where you've been. But uh, a number of us have been away on summer holidays, and uh, it is a great time of year to get to the beach, isn't it? Even amidst COVID, people from all over the country seem to have descended into Queensland to come and enjoy the world's best beaches. And from all reports, caravan parks and holiday homes, campgrounds and hotels have been chock-a-block this year as people enjoy a trip to the beach. And this year, more than ever, we're spending time getting there in the car. You know, international travel, unless you're a gateway beyond work, very fortunate, great to be able to celebrate with Bethany as she heads out on Tuesday. But uh, international, even domestic travel is a challenge in this season. And so there's been a lot of time spent in the car. And if your family is anything like ours, you can't spend time in the car without music. You know, when we've been doing road trips a fair bit this summer, traveling up and down the coast. And whenever we're in the car, the kids say, Mom, Dad, can we turn the music on? And there's, a, there's a, no road trip without some road trip songs. And we've done, uh, we've done a lot of road trips in our time, and, and we are now through the Disney catalog. We are no more singing. We're not singing ever again, Let It Go. I'm just sick of letting it go. Uh, we're just not going to be touching Frozen anymore. And that's not our decision. That's actually the kids' decision. They're sick of it as well. We uh, have enjoyed over the last couple of years uh, The Greatest Showman. We all love a bit of Hugh Jackman, don't we? And uh, our family are belting out the songs to that movie as we're uh, heading up and down the coast. This year, our, uh, our four-year-old daughter, Quinn, has been getting in on the singing, and she loved the Gateway Carols at the end of last year, and so she's been asking if we can sing more of those Christmas songs, and, and just to hear her kind of singing Noel in the back seat is, uh, just brings joy to our heart. And it wouldn't be a Lucas family road trip without at least one rendition of John Denver's Country Road. Uh, I'm not sure if you know that song, but uh, it's, uh, it's a song that reminds us of our time overseas. Whatever it is, a road trip needs a good road trip song, doesn't it? I don't know what your favorite road trip song is, but today as we continue our Summer Psalm series, we're going to look at a road trip song that the ancient Israelites would sing as they set out on their journeys. There are actually 15 psalms in the Bible that are labeled songs of ascent. And these psalms were road trip songs for God's people as they headed towards Jerusalem for the festivals. Families and individuals would sing these songs as they traveled on their way to the annual festivals. There were three big festivals that that the Jews would travel to Jerusalem each year for. They were Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. These were times when Israelites living in Judah would, would head off to Jerusalem to participate around the temple and in the city of the festivities. They'd worship God together. They'd be significant times for the people of Israel. And they would travel far and wide on their journey as they ascended to the hill of the temple in Jerusalem. And they would sing these songs of ascent 
on their way. These songs that reminded them of God's goodness. The songs that would remind them of God's promises. And one of these, Psalm 121, is known as the Traveler's Psalm. Many Bible scholars suggest that this was one of the songs that they would start their journey with. They would sing, they would head out from home and start singing this song on the way to Jerusalem. And it's a psalm that reminds the people of God's promises to them as they embarked on an often perilous journey. So I want to encourage you this morning to join with me and open your Bible, if you've brought it, to Psalm 121. And I'm going to start off just uh, with that, that first question that it begins with. It says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? As we read through this psalm this morning, we've got to make sure that we read it through the filter of of an Israelite heading on this journey to Jerusalem. It's a bit of a different perspective that we have just reading these these, uh, texts for us today. And one of the, the differences is how we see the hills and the mountains. You know, it says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Today, when we hear that, we think of some of the the big and grand mountains that our world has. You know, the Canadian Rockies, just incredibly beautiful parts of the world. These rocks that just jut out from the ground and inspire awe within us. Or maybe when we hear of these words mountains, we think of the Swiss Alps. Just these stunning vistas of of snow and rock. These pictures that just inspire us to worship God. I know when I think of mountains, I I, I love these kinds of pictures. But these were not the pictures that the ancient Israelites thought of when they heard this word and thought about lifting their eyes up to the mountains. See, for for, for those Israelites, the mountains were actually places of danger. That's where the the, the bandits and the robbers would would hide out, ready to ambush those who would walk past. They were places of danger. And they were also places of evil. Many of the high places in Judea had at some point been turned into shrines and places of idol worship. The history of the Jewish kings in the Old Testament has many references to the high places, hills where altars were set up to worship false gods. For the Jews who would have encountered many of these hills and mountains on their sojourn into Jerusalem, the hills represented trouble and danger. They represented fear and evil. And it was all too present. They weren't just metaphors. The physical danger, the the physical presence of evil was very real. But the poetic metaphor is true as well. There are many mountains in our lives that represent trouble and trial and challenge. Mountains that we face that cause us anxiety and uncertainty. Whether they be issues around our our health, our work, our family and our economy, just our world, the stuff that's going on. As we navigate through the journey of life, it's not hard to look up and see many mountains in our way. And we join in with the psalmist to ask Where does my help come from? Oftentimes, we we just try and make it through on our own. You know, we depend on our own strength. We we say we don't need any help. Help even might be offered, and we respond with, nah, she'll be right, mate, I'm good. That's particularly true for us Aussie blokes. And sometimes things might get a little bit more challenging 
And we might get a little bit more desperate. We might turn to close friends or family or people here at the church. Maybe sometimes we expect the government to bail us out. Laurie was telling me of a conversation she was having with some uh, Brisbane-based Burmese pastors. These pastors were struggling to minister to their people who had moved from Myanmar where they had absolutely nothing and needed to depend on God for everything. These pastors were bemoaning the fact that their people who were now moved to Australia were saying, we don't need God. We've got Centrelink. And it's kind of funny, but it's kind of sad at the same time because the truth is we do need God. On this journey of life, we are constantly exposed to dangers of many kinds. There are hills and mountains everywhere we turn. But the psalm encourages us to lift our eyes even higher. Where does my help come from? It asks. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, comes the reply. The hills will bring us trouble and danger, toil and challenge. But our help, our help comes from the one who put the mountains there in the first place. Our creator God, the the author and sustainer of life, the one who made the heavens, the earth, and everything in them. The start of this psalm is about heading out on the journey with the right perspective. As the Israelites set out on their travels, as we walk through our challenges, the trials and the dangers that we face through life, we are to lift our eyes beyond the hills and to the Father God who is our ever-present help. Unlike the other things that we might turn to, our own strength, our, our family, our friends, he will never let us down. And as the psalm continues, we explore three of God's promises as we journey through life. And the first of these promises is found in in verses 3 and 4. The psalmist writes, He, being God, will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The psalmist tells us that God keeps watch over his people. Through the psalm, this word that is translated watch is used six times in one psalm. This word Hebrew in Hebrew is shamar, and it means to watch over, to guard, to reserve, and to keep. And the way the psalmist uses it here is that God is constantly watching over us. And the promise is that God will be present with us in the journey. For the Israelites, their journeys were typically transitions from one point of safety to another. Now, they would set out from a a safety of their own home or the safety of friends and family, and they would set out for a somewhat dangerous destination where they would once find, where they will one day find safety once again. But the journey in between was seen as a, a dangerous, isolated, transitionary kind of path. They were leaving the safety of one space and putting themselves at risk until they reached their destination. And so this road trip song reminds them that God is watching over every step of their journey, that God was ever-present with them as they traveled. And this idea is repeated again and again throughout the psalm to remind God's people that he is with them through the entirety of their journey. He's not going to take a break from watching over them. And he's not going to fall asleep on the job. The psalmist evokes the, this idea of a watchman, 
a person who would stand at the ramparts of a walled city and look out for trouble. Invariably, these watchmen would would get drowsy, their eyes would get heavy, and they would start to fall asleep. I experienced this myself in the, uh, the lead up to Christmas. One night we had our, our nephew uh, over and uh, his, his parents were out. And it just soon happened that, that my wife Lauren was out as well. So I had to have, bear the childminding responsibilities, not only at my, my own three kids, which I struggle with at the best of times, but a fourth child as well. And actually, it was a miracle from God that the four of them had their dinner, they got ready for bed, they got changed, managed to read them a story, pray with them, settle them down, and they went to sleep. It was amazing. The only problem was that I went to sleep as well. I wandered out to the lounge, I flicked the TV on, I sat down on the couch, and I was out to it. I was so out to it, I was this useless watchman that when my my brother-in-law actually came back to pick his son up, he knocked on the door and no one answered. No one even heard. He actually has his own keys. He had to let himself into our house to pick his son up to take him home. And then when Lauren eventually arrived home, I didn't hear that as well and tell you what, I heard about it all in the morning. But in that moment, I didn't hear a thing. In fact, the only thing I remember after falling asleep on the couch was at 3 a.m. I woke up looked at the clock and thought, what on earth am I doing here on the couch? And toddled back into bed to continue my night's sleep. No, there's a lesson in that story. Never let me look after your kids. But God's not like that. God is always on watch. His presence is always with us. The psalmist says he's not going to slumber. He's not going to have an afternoon nap or need to lie down. And he's not going to sleep. He's present with us through all the watches of the night. God is with his people constantly. He is always watching over them, and he is right there with them, wherever their journey may lead. God promises to be present with us in the journey. And he says that there is nowhere that we can go to flee his presence. David asks in another psalm, he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you were there. If I make my bed in the depths, you were there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, even if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. We cannot flee from God's presence. He is always watching over us, always with us. Even in the final words that Jesus said that are recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus promises us, surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. And this psalm reminds us that God is with us as we embark on the journey of life. When we feel like we're isolated and all alone, he is there. When we think no one, no one else understands what we are going through, he does. And when we face dangers and troubles of many kinds, he is with us. Emmanuel, he is with us. And that's a good thing because he is a good and gracious and loving God. He wants to watch over us. He wants to bless us. He's not waiting till we mess up so that he can laugh at us. He's a loving and good God. He's not there waiting just until we make a mistake and being all judgmental and being a mean disciplinarian. I want to encourage you, if you are here this morning, you're joining us online, maybe for the first time, this whole faith thing is new. The picture we have of God in the Bible is one of a good, gracious, loving Father. He wants to be with his people. He wants to bless his people. 
And our challenge is to remember that he is there, to acknowledge his presence, to rely on that strength. Too often, I think we walk this journey of life almost independent of God. We do a solo adventure. We rely on our own strength. When we look to the hills of the challenges, of the dangers that we face, we just steal our resolve and try to tackle them ourselves. We would do well to regularly remind ourselves that God is always with us, to acknowledge his presence with us every moment of every day, to welcome his loving, watchful eyes over our life, and to accept the other promises that we have in this psalm. Now, the psalmist continues in verse 5 and 6, saying, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. As the Israelites embarked on their journey to Jerusalem, they would have been subject to the physical elements. The searing heat of the sun bore down on them during the day. And they had to navigate the cold nights as the heat escaped the desert ground. These weren't the only dangers that they had to face. Here in Queensland, particularly in summer, we we understand the power of the sun, its ability to sap our energy and our strength. The challenge of dehydration and the, the ability of the sun to burn us and make us uncomfortable for days on end. But the Israelites, Israelites had to fear the moon as well. There were physical dangers at night. The, the bandits and the robbers as well as the, the wild animals were more prevalent. They were more active in the moonlit hours. And back then there was this superstitious belief that the moon did strange things to one's psyche that somehow the the moonlit night could bring on insanity. And so throughout these metaphors, the psalmist's point is that as physical and spiritual beings, we are vulnerable. Through history, we've certainly found ways to overcome some of those vulnerabilities. We have air conditioning now. We have ice blocks. We have SPF 50 plus sunscreen. But our vulnerability is a human condition as a result of the fall. We are physically vulnerable. COVID-19 has made that very clear to us over the last couple of years. But as human beings, we are also spiritually, emotionally, mentally vulnerable as well. Temptation can overcome us far too easily. Our fears can paralyze us, and our weaknesses are easily exposed. Yet God knows this. He is aware of our vulnerabilities, and he promises in this psalm that he will provide for us through the journey. He is our provision and our help. In verse 5, the psalmist says, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. Throughout the psalms, when when people are vulnerable to attack, God is often referred to as being a shade, like an umbrella or a shield in one's right hand. He provides what we need to get through the journey. He partners with us to see us through. At no stage does God promise that there won't be trouble. He doesn't say that if we just trust Jesus, the journey will be easy. But he does promise to provide what we need to be able to get through it. When we trust in him, when we say yes to his help, he provides what we need. Whether that be the fruit of the Spirit, you know, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, or self-control. Whether it be just the hope and the buoyancy that comes through faith in Jesus that lifts us up when all of our circumstances are trying to tear us down. 
Jesus said to his followers, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after those things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God promises to provide what we need. Recently, a mate of mine and I went and hiked the Overland Trek, a six-day hike in Tasmania's Cradle, National, Cradle Mountain National Park. It wasn't a super difficult walk. It's a long way, but it's not super difficult. But we faced our fair share of challenges. You have to take all of your supplies on a backpack and everything that you're going to eat and sleep and all your clothes and all that sort of stuff. We faced some incredibly wet weather and the, the ground was muddy almost the entire journey. But I, I made a decision at the start of that journey to choose to acknowledge God's presence with me throughout the entire journey. I saw this hike as an opportunity to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, to walk closer with God. In the couple of months before the trip, I'd, I'd come to a point where I just endured a number of different challenges. Things were just weighing me down. But as I set my sights on God over these six days, as I kept just putting one foot after the other, taking one step and then another step, he blessed me with what I needed. God restored my energy. He, he reminded me of his power. He gave me a sense of his incredible love, and he restored, he re reset my purpose. Seeking God's kingdom, his righteousness, inviting him into our life and welcoming, welcoming him at our right hand. We can practice that mindset day in and day out. Whatever journey we set out on, whether it's a multi-day hike or a new role at work, a new relationship or whatever it might be, as we walk through the uncertainties and the complexities, we can turn to the one who watches over us. He promises to provide for the journey. The last two verses of this psalm point to one more promise that God has for us. Verses 7 and 8 say, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Now, these words might be a little bit difficult to hear because, of course, we've all experienced harm somehow, somewhere. In life, we've all been wounded and been hurt somewhere on our journey. But the word harm here doesn't mean hurtful things, it actually means evil. Some of the other translations of the Bible actually translate this passage as the Lord shall keep you from all evil. In God's word, when it talks about evil, it, it typically re refers to the principalities and powers of darkness. And what this, this scripture is saying in the God, is that God protects us from evil. The journey might be long and painful. It can be difficult and daunting. But God will keep evil from destroying our soul. Because God will protect us on the journey. The Lord's presence is with us. He provides for us. And he protects us. So that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as that other famous psalm talks about, we will not have to fear. We will not have to fear evil. 
Jesus encourages us to pray that in the Lord's Prayer. He, he, he asks us to, to pray that God would deliver us from the evil one because he has the power to do exactly that. And the promise of this psalm is that God will protect us from evil forevermore. He will watch over us in our coming and going. He watches, us over, he watches over us both in the now and forevermore. God always stands ready, ready to protect us from the attacks of the evil one. Now, the author is using this, this poetic device that's common in Hebrew literature. And he mentions these two extremes, and by doing that, he's including everything in between. When he says now and forevermore, he actually includes everything between in that journey as well. When he says in the coming and the going, he's talking about every step along the way of that journey as well. God stands ready and waiting, protecting us from evil. Now, there's a military term that actually gives us a great picture of this concept. Imagine, if you will, uh, that a group of tanks is engaged in a, in a direct battle against some enemy of some variety. And these tanks are attacking one another in the, in the midst of a, a valley. But up on the hills, hidden from view, are a whole bunch of other tanks that at a moment's notice can pour down overwhelming fire on the enemy whenever it's needed. These supporting units are, are taking a position where they can keep an eye on the battle and provide cover for the allies down below, ready to be called upon whenever they're needed. In, in military language, this, this is called an overwatch. And in the same way, the Lord stands ready to protect us from evil. He overwatches us. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and the servants of the priesthood came to, uh, to, to, to arrest him, the gospel writer Matthew tells us that one of Jesus' followers reaches out with his own sword and slices off one of the man's ears. But Jesus rebukes him and he says this, he says, do you think that I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? 12 legions of, of the, uh, the Roman Empire is 72,000 soldiers. That's 72,000 angels overwatching, ready, to, ready uh, standing and waiting to obliterate the enemy whenever they're called upon. As Jesus was taken away from his followers, at their most isolated and lonely point, God was overwatching them. He was protecting them from evil. I wonder if that picture helps us get our mind around this road trip song for the journey. Sometimes as he watches over us, God gets directly involved and fights the battles for us. He makes sure that our foot does not slip. We see him moving powerfully, and we see miracles happen. At other times on the journey, he partners with us. He's at our right hand. He's working alongside of us, and we cooperate with him. We have this great sense of working with God. And then at other times, he is overwatching us. In these moments, it might feel like we're fighting the battle all alone. But it's in those moments he is actually watching over us, surveying the whole of the landscape, the parts that we cannot see, ready to step in at the exact right moment, wherever and however it's needed the most. As the Jews headed out on their journey towards Jerusalem, 
This psalm reminds them of God's promises. God promised that he was present with them, that he would provide for them, and that he would protect them. As they looked up to the hills and the mountains on their journey, as they considered the threats and the challenges, the dangers that they might face, this psalm reminds them that they did not have to fear. For beyond those mountains was the Lord Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, who promised to be their ever-present help. As we continue to navigate this journey of life, we face our own hills and mountains every single day. There are seen and unseen dangers and challenges and threats lurking in the hills. And they can take on many different forms. There's certainly uncertainty and apprehension as we navigate probably the most challenging part of this COVID season that we've been walking through out of these last two years. Maybe there's anxiety and distress around our health, around our family, around our work, around our economic situation. But they're not the only hills that we're facing right now. Maybe we just can't make our way past the hill of regret. We're always wondering, what could we have done? Or if I'd just done that rather than this, how would it have turned out differently? Oh, there's the hill of condemnation and judgment, always looking down on us, always making us kind of just be down on ourselves. There's the challenges of unreconciled relationship, the pain of estrangement, the, the concern of a negative health diagnosis. As we face these hills, the many kinds of mountains, the dangers in our lives, where do we turn to for help? There are some, some things that we turn to or might be tempted to turn to that certainly will not help. We try to turn to ourselves, as we talked about before. We, we just try and push through it. She'll be right. I've got this. But we only have limited resources in ourselves. We can self-medicate. We can be lulled by temptation into addiction or negative habits. But that won't help us overcome. Friends and family, loved ones are important to us on this journey. But they're not perfect, and they can likely will at some point let us down. Now, as we journey through life to face these mountains, we need to lift our eyes up even higher. We need to trust in our Creator God, our loving Father, the great I Am, to help us on the journey. He promises to be present with us. He promises to provide for us. And He promises to protect us. And we know that we can depend on him because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. On another hill, outside the city walls of Jerusalem, see, Jesus Christ left the comfort of heaven. He stepped into our humanity and he showed us how to live. He taught us how to love. He himself lived the perfect life and he surrendered himself for us. As he hung there on the cross, on the hill of Calvary, he took on the sins of the world. All of the mistakes that we've made, all of, mis all of the missteps that we have stepped, every time that we have missed the mark, 
Jesus took the penalty for us. In his death, he took on our sins so that we could be forgiven. But that wasn't the end. Three days later, Jesus rose from death to life. He walked victoriously out of the grave. He overcame death and he conquered sin and he made a way for us to have an eternal relationship with our Father God in heaven. He continues to be present with us through his Holy Spirit. He provides a way for us to overcome the penalty of sin. And he continues to offer his eternal protection by promising a place for us in heaven where there's no more sickness, no more pain, and no more evil. See how God is a good God, a loving God. He wants to be the source of your help. He will never let you down. He will always watch over you. He will provide, protect, and be present with you as you lift your eyes to Him. This morning, I want to invite us to come to the foot of the cross and just to surrender to Jesus. As you're navigating life's journeys, as you're looking up to the mountains and seeing the dangers, the challenges, the the, the trials of the hills, I want to invite you to let go of whatever it is that you're holding on to that isn't God to let go of whatever it is that you're turning to for help, to let go of the things that might be holding you back, that might be preventing you from taking that next step that Jesus is inviting you to take, to let go of your self-dependence, to let go of your reliance on things that are not helpful, to just let go of the negative habits and instead to pick up the things that Jesus is offering to you this morning to take on his presence, to be reminded of his protection, to be given his provision, his help. He wants to bless you this morning. He is a good, generous, loving God who desires to help you on this journey to reach that destination through the hills, through the mountains, as he walks with you. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.